Broadcast direct from straight up, straight up studios here in beautiful Bow Valley, Illinois. Uh, I just want to take a quick moment to uh, point out that September is uh, National Recovery Month, which is basically uh, promoting the benefits of the prevention, treatment, and recovery for mental and substance abuse disorders. Uh, celebrating people in recovery, um, you know, a lot of the contributions of treatment and service providers. Promoting the message that recovery is in all its forms uh, possible. Recovery Month spreads the positive message that behavioral health is essential, essential to the overall health, that prevention works, treatment is effective, and people can and do recover. Um, it's uh, sponsored by Samhasa. Uh, when you can check out their website, it's if you just go to uh, recoverymonth.gov, they've got a lot of good information, tons of events, um, some pretty good stuff. So just thought I'd bring that up. Um, I think we'll go to go to Rick Atwater here. All right, thank you. Yeah, recovery month. So this this fits nicely with that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be talking about recovery tonight. So you know, as as we do uh, as we do every night. Um, so welcome everybody. And um, tonight our show is she had the courage to change. That's the title. And um, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer likes it, um, and uh, our musical guest is Mike P. And uh, so, w- thank you guys for coming, and uh, thank you again for joining us uh, this Sunday night, where we are every Sunday night at eight o'clock. And also, thanks to Chris here, who shows up and engineers the thing and does the sidekick business. So, a couple of little a couple of little items here. Um, you can call the show. Anytime during the show, um, and we'd be happy to hear from you. Every once in a while, we get a uh, we get a call, um, and the number you can call in is three two three seven nine two two nine seven seven, or you can tweet into the show at Rick Atwater. Um, also, remember to check us on our website at recoveryinternetradio.com. Very good. That's recoveryinternetradio.com. Not .org. Not .org, but .com. Um, You can get to all of our archive shows, and you can get tonight's show we usually upload the next day, right? Yep. So um, you could find there all of our archive shows, resources, contacts, and other webby stuff. Oh, you know what? You can also sign up for our uh, our weekly email newsletter. So if you want a direct link to that that show, um, that usually gets out by you know Thursday, Friday at the latest. So you can see what's coming up. Okay, we send out a reminder. Yeah, good thing. Um, uh, another thing I wanted to mention: our friend um, Bob Ten Gallon Harper, um, the drummer for a band called Double Take, will be playing at Chicago City Limits next Saturday night. Chicago City Limits is 1712 West Wise Road, um, and he's playing from 8.30 to 1.30, uh, the band Double Take. 
we're actually going to go. We're going to go have some dinner. Jimmy, we're going to go and have some dinner and see what they see what happens with Double Take. They're supposed to be a really fun band. So I wanted to give them a shout-out. Now, um, one thing before we get on with it, I wanted to introduce uh, Colleen. Hi. Hello. Uh, Colleen uh, has a company called Dirty Laundry Designs. And how would you just what what how would you describe what you uh, make what you do? We do greeting cards that pertain to addiction and recovery. We have sobriety um, anniversary cards, um, pretty much any kind of card that you're looking for. I was struggling to find cards for my own family member in recovery, and with a photography background, um, started taking the pictures and creating the cards. And you brought some, and we took a look at them, and they're really fantastic. So we're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to keep some around for people who wanna purchase some at some point, and we'll we probably will do the same for giveaways for people who come on the show. So, um, uh, how can people get to you if they would wanna order cards? They can go to our website. It's www.dirtylaundrydesigns with an s dot com. They can follow us on Facebook, or they can follow us um, or tweet us at Sobriety Cards. Okay, that was pretty. That was pretty good. See, so you got all the social media <laughs> in there. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Tweet plug and the whole bit. They're yeah. really, they, you know, it's radio, so people can't really see what the cards look like. But check out the website because they are they're really cool and very well done. Thank you. And we'll also put uh, we'll put a link um, on our website to yours so that if. If you don't remember, I, Dirty Laundry Designs is pretty distinctive. So, I mean, Dirty Laundry Designs. Got that, everybody? <laughs> DirtyLaundryDesigns.com. Pretty distinctive, but we'll put the link on our website, which is RecoveryInternetRadio.com, by the way. Just thought I'd say that again. Um, just get that in there a couple times. Um, and uh, anyway, thanks for coming on, Thank and um, we'll uh, we'll make sure that uh, people get a look at those cards because they're, they're really cool. Absolutely. And I think the the thing I like about it most is your personal connection to it. You know, there was a reason. Absolutely. There was a reason. And uh and there is hope. Always hope. Yeah. Yeah. So, um I guess uh I'd like to get to it um here with our guest uh Jennifer. Do you ever does anybody ever call you Jen or is it Jennifer? Uh, my husband calls me Jen. Okay, well, we'll, we'll keep it Jennifer then. Um, we don't want to we don't want to horse around with that. Um, so one of the things that you told me, um, we emailed back and forth a little bit before, mm-hmm. was that you got sober, uh, or you originally started to do something about getting sober when you were seventeen. Yes. That's that's pretty young. Yes. Well, tell me a little. What was that like? Um. You know, it's really uh, kind of a freak thing that happened getting me into the program. Um, you know, I uh, I knew for a while that I had a problem, you know, with drinking and with uh, with alcohol and drugs, but I didn't know that there was anything you could do about it. I didn't really know anything about 12-step programs. Did you um, know anybody? That... I knew nobody. No, nothing about it. Yeah. So um, I... Uh, I was it was my senior year in high school and um I got in a little trouble with the police and uh what happened was uh somebody that I had um sold some drugs to 
uh, told the police that she had bought the drugs for me. Mm. So they were, you know, uh, so they came to my house and talked to my parents, and it was kind of a, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. And um, so I, uh, from from that point on, um, and this was, I, I'll never forget, it was the day that my uh, Christmas break started, senior year. You know, I come home. My that was parents, the day you got in trouble? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and my okay. parents were like, the police came. And yeah. So anyway, I had decided to to stop using because I thought I was going to have to go to court. And oh. my, my whole kind of... Um, you know, persona was this, I was a good girl, you mm. know, um, things happened to me, bad things just happened to me. I happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like I just accidentally sold some. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's really, it's weird. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so <clears throat> what were you selling in the day, by the way? I mean, you know, it was all yeah, LSD. Okay. It just, was just, I just had to get that out. Pure accident. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, um, you know, we go back to school two weeks later, uh, new classes. I'm in three classes with the girl that turned me in. And I hate her. She ruined my life. And um, she tried to talk to me a couple times. She apologized to me. And I didn't want anything to do with her. So, and I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. One day we're running in gym class. And, I, and then, and it happened to be just the two of us running together. And I just said, hey. And we started talking. And, and it was, and you know, I wasn't really a forgiving person. Again, I, she ruined my life. She blew my whole cover. Now my whole family knows that I'm using. Right. Um, I was grounded. <laughs> I was going to say, Christmas break, bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, so, um, I mean, it was a pretty big, it was a pretty big deal. So, anyway, we started talking. She uh, started going to, it, it was NA meetings that she mm -hmm. was going to. And she called me up and said, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to this program. Do you want to, do you want to go with me? And I said, you know what? I don't think I need anything like that. Thanks. And what was interesting <laughs> is that this, the meeting that she went to was on a Friday. So I, I thought there were any meetings on Fridays. And so for the for the rest of the week, I it, it became very clear to me just how difficult it was, just how difficult a time I was having not drinking and not using. And now that things had kind of settled down with, with the police and everything like that, like and it was just life sober, it was very raw and it was very painful. Right. And I thought, um, and I knew that I had a problem. There was no doubt in my mind about that. But I thought, well, maybe there is something that I can do about it. And so the following Friday, I called her and I said, I'd like to go to this meeting with you. And... So the girl you hated that turned Saved you in took you to a meeting. Took me to a meeting. That's a nice little circle, it's isn't it? a nice little circle, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah. You said you were afraid that you had to go to court, so that was why you didn't use. Yeah. Were like you were afraid you were going to get drug tested or something, or was it just like, I don't want to, I don't want to take the chance on, what was it? I, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit drug tested. I think it was more just like I, I don't do this. You know what I mean? It was like yeah, just support your own denial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, yeah, clearly, yeah. like I would, you know, slip back into the good girl persona and move ahead, kind of thing. Yeah, this was just kind of a bump in the road. But you know, it's it. You know, it's interesting. It's a bump in the road on the one hand, but then you knew, you already knew. There was no doubt in my mind from the first time I drank. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. For me, what it yeah. was, the first time I drank um, also changed my life uh, it, for the better. It right. was phenomenal. I I mean, you know, it was amazing. Yeah. Right. I, I was not nervous. I was not afraid of anybody. And mind you, I was, 
I was babysitting with a cousin. Like, it's not like I was at a party. I was in somebody's house babysitting. There yeah. was a little baby asleep. So it's not like there was anybody to impress. There were no guys around. But, whole, oh, my God, all of a sudden I was beautiful. I was hilarious, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, hair down to here, yeah. whatever, you know. Amazing, yeah. amazing. And, yeah. um, you know, however, that part of it lasted like 45 minutes. You know what I mean? The rest of the <laughs> night I am, you know, um, I, you know, I mean, the parents come home and throwing up in their frying pan on their kitchen table. Um, you know what I mean? I, I recall a point of, of you know, what, looking at this baby, and I'm drunk, and I'm, and I'm taking care of it. You know what I mean? It was right. just a mess. However, I, however, I remember the, the first 45 minutes, and it was a good time, and it changed my life. And I felt like I'd never felt before. Yeah, it was, an, it was like an answer. It was the answer. For you, yeah, it was, it was the, the answer. answer. Yeah. And I vowed to do it as often as I could, you know, and at 13, that was, you know what I mean, it was whenever I could. Sure. It Which, wasn't all the time, but it was, it was as often as I could and right. as much as I could. Yeah, at 13, a little bit limited. Yeah. But now, you, you, you'd mentioned that you first started going, that first meeting was when you were 17. Yes. But you actually didn't get sober until you were like 19. So yeah. there's like two years in there that I'd like to ask you about. <laughs> Something happened. Yes. Well, yeah. you know what's interesting is that I never stopped going to meetings. Um, I, mm. Well, I shouldn't say that. Okay, so I start going to meetings, and and any meetings were on Friday nights, uh, once a week. Okay. And that's all I did, and um, you know, not much changed in my life, you know. <laughs> um, but you you know, the good part of it for me um, is that there was a lot of craziness, a lot of drama, you know, a lot of um, other stuff for me to get really caught up in. So, um, you know, I don't really know how to describe it. It was like uh, I, I just jumped from one group of kind of unsavory people to another group of unsavory people, if that makes sense. You know what I yeah, mean? But there was yeah. no dark. So life was still, like, kind of interesting in a way. Sure. So, um, but I had a sponsor, you know, um, I started working the steps and, um, and it was hard. It was very hard, you know, uh, I mean, being sober, just like anybody, I mean, it's, you know, nothing different, but, um, so then I went to college and, um, I didn't go to meetings for a couple months when I went to college and I couldn't find any NA meetings. Um, you know, so I finally found, um, an AA meeting months, months into it and a lot of pain into it and everything yeah. you know so the first year was just kind of i'd go when i went home i you know whatever and what happened was um early on my first year in college i got bronchitis and i went to health services and they gave me liquid codeine for it and i'm not sure why i don't i mean is that normal i don't know anything really about that but um seems a little a little much <laughs> yeah. and um I tell you what, I had bronchitis about nine times that year. <laughs> so, you know, I kept getting this liquid coating, getting this liquid coating, and it was prescribed, so I I never, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't use it as prescribed. You know, when my cough got bad, I took a little bit more, whatever it was, and I kept every little itchy throat. I'd go in and say I had, and I'd see the right doctor, and I'd get mm-hmm. my, um, my coating, and, you know, I, Honest to God, I didn't think anything of it at the time. It wasn't mm. until I had, well, eight years of sobriety. Yeah. And it finally occurred to me, I don't think I can really count that time sober. <laughs> I don't think that counts. Yeah. And I and so I talked to my sponsor about it, and she said, absolutely not. You have to change your sobriety date. Yeah. Um, so I changed my sobriety date, but not until years after 
like four years after the fact or whatever. So looking back on it mm -hmm. now, what do you think was the thinking that went in? I mean, how did your brain allow that? Um, was it because it was prescribed? It was okay it was because it was prescribed. It was okay. You know, I I would do the same thing with over-the-counter pain relievers. Mm. It was over-the-counter, so it was okay. Mm -hmm. I... All right. Now, you know, I my mind is a little weird. My memory is a little weird from the first, um, you know, from when I was first sober. It's, it's a long time ago now. It's, you know, it's 19 years ago. Um, and I was and I was a mess. Um, I don't know if people talked about it or not. I don't know if people talked about whether or not it was okay to take a prescription like liquid codeine or whether or not it was okay to, you know, take um you know, five or six Advil when I had a headache right. because I liked how it kind of made me feel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if people talked about that or not, but I, I, I didn't hear it or I didn't listen to it and I thought it was okay. Okay. I thought, you know, and maybe I'm justifying that. I mean, clearly now I know it's not okay, but I know for me, uh, over the years of my recovery, the, the path has gotten narrower and the things that were once okay, including taking stuff like that, slowly got not okay. Slowly became less, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got not okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you, you changed your sobriety date at the suggestion of your sponsor. Yeah. That was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, young, I, at the time you're talking about, there probably wasn't the, the same number of young people getting sober as there are now, so I don't I don't know, but yeah. did you hang with a big crew or anything you like that? You know what? That? When I went to college my second year, yeah. I did. Now, you know, I'm at, my first year was absolutely miserable, and I think part of that was just going away to college. Like, yeah. you know, it's a hard thing, and then trying to be sober. Um, I didn't make any friends. It, the friends that I did make were the, basically the same friends that I had had in high school. Yeah. I mean, I remember being in college and sitting at somebody's house and, and just being in the circle where they were smoking a joint and just passing it by. It was the same Mm -hmm. Same people. I sought them out, you know. Yeah. So I went home, was miserable that summer. I didn't go to any meetings. Um, I felt like killing myself, you know, and I was sober. You know, I mean, yeah. Not using, quotation marks. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, so, and I wasn't going to go back to school, and it was messy, but I went back. And the interesting thing that happened was I had met a girl who was my age the year before in AA, mm -hmm. and we connected, like, right when we got back. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, there's, like, six or seven college kids at these AA meetings, mm -hmm. and it saved my life. And I yeah. can tell you, the quality of my sobriety at that time and for the rest of those years, you know, is not the greatest. I mean, but... Um, you I had some. Sober. You had some support. You had some other. Yeah. 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 That's huge. It was huge. We yeah. did a lot of dances. We did a lot of card games. You know, this is. I went to school at um at Eastern. This is down in like Southern. Well, mm -hmm. it's, it's central a little mm -hmm. bit. You know, and um. Charleston. Charleston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's not like a whole lot to do anyway if you're not drinking. But we would drive to Indiana and go to dances, sure. like card games. I mean, all you know, just a lot of sober stuff um and and it kept me it kept me sober so one of the things that one of the things that we were we were kind of talking about tonight was was change and the courage yes. to change and yes. it's like what you you know we were talking back and forth about well that seems like well i like that but i didn't yeah. see myself can can now now when you look at that and we start talking about that can you see like i mean how many people do you think really were in the kind of shoes that you were bearing at that time i mean Maybe you didn't. Do you think that took courage? 
it's so interesting because I've been thinking about that, and um, I have never thought of myself as a courageous person up until maybe the last five years. Because the last five years, I can say that I've had to take some risks and I've had to do some things that have made me uncomfortable, but I do it anyway. Yeah. And prior to that, if something made me uncomfortable, I would avoid it at all costs. Yeah. So I would not, I wouldn't have said that. But um, I recently had somebody else tell me that. I recently, um, you know, I had two uh, boys. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my, my oldest son um, sometimes worries me because he's a lot like me. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to somebody about this. I said, oh, my God, he's just he's just like me. The life this kid has in store for him, I'm fearful of. Mm-hmm. And she said, wait a minute, didn't you get sober at 19? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, thank God he's just like you because that, that took a lot of courage. That took a lot of strength of character. And mm-hmm. I've never looked at it like that. Never. You know, for me, it was like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I was, a, mm. you know, as soon as the police came to my door, I'm like, I got it from him. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm not, I was a really a strong character kind of, you know, person. So I've never really thought about it that way. But kind of as a as a as a grown up now, you know, looking, looking, back, looking back on it. Yeah. Um, It is a big deal. Yeah. You know, there are. Did you did you know um, did you have any idea when you when you started to recover what you were getting into? Oh God, no. I mean, what what would be required of you? <laughs> I don't think. I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of a set up question, actually. But I, I, you know, it's funny. I say this all the time. If you would have told me, you know, and, and it's it's funny. This year, I celebrated 19 years, and I was 19 years when I got sober. So it's kind of a neat. It's half my life. Yeah. Half my life. Yeah. Isn't there a, a word for that? I don't know. There's something. Anybody know? Is, is there a word? Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, like yeah. Let's use that yeah. one. Yeah. Sure. We'll go there. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. So, but I, I always say this. If you would have told me, just wait, one of these days, you're going to be a stay-at-home mom, living in Huntley, driving a minivan. It's going to be awesome. You that's got, what sobriety is going to bring you. got a you. minivan? I I did. The oh. sad part is we traded in. I missed the van. Oh, that I is want bad. the van back. That so bad. that's like even worse. Right? But if somebody would have told me that's what's in store for you if you stay sober, I would have walked out years ago. That was not part of my plan. That wasn't part of your plan. I am a rock star. Like, I'm, like, I'm so much cooler than a stay-at-home mom. Do you know what I mean? In my mm-hmm. own head, this was, I definitely How could this have happened? How right. could this have happened? And you know what? Thank God. I I didn't know. And thank God. I was able to step aside and put what I wanted aside. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm glad that I didn't see what sobriety would bring me. Right. Because at the time it wouldn't have seemed like any kind of prize. Yeah. No. Or or what, what all all the work that it took to to get to this prize that you didn't even know you wanted. No. I mean, right. You know, I would have done goofy it. step things, you know. No. Yeah. I mean, they're hard, and, yeah. you know, There's it takes work. And, <laughs> and There's like 12 of them and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, so you've, so how would you, how would you describe the, cha- you know, if you could like look back and t- say what the changes were that you went through, what what would you, how would you describe that? What would you say? Um, wow. You know, it's really interesting. It's, it's just, it's been a lot. It's been... When I think about my recovery, you know, at first it it was all about kind of just proving that I could still have some kind of a life without drinking Mm -hmm. because I, up until the point that I did drink, I didn't really value my life. And then when I did start drinking, I thought, well, this is something to stick around for. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it was like, 
oh, God, this is getting taken away from me. You know, so for a lot of years there, it was about still having a life while drinking. So early sobriety was kind of all about dances, card games, mm-hmm. guys, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like mm-hmm. having fun, you know. Um, and uh, I don't... I, I can't even really say when it when it switched and when I became, you know, a little bit more mindful. I think that I just, you know, I got to the point where it was kind of the same old stuff and I was the same old person, you know, and um, and so I really had to start doing this if I wanted mm. to see any changes. Mm-hmm. And I think what it was is that I was tired of being um, depressed in sobriety. I was right. tired of not enjoying my life. Everybody said, well, you, you, you know, you should be. And then it was like, and you know, what I can say is that for some reason, 10 years for me, once I hit 10 years, mm-hmm. it was like a huge deal. It was almost like, now I can start. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to say that like to discourage any newcomers and not to discount anything that happened in the first 10 years. Right. As long as like. But for you, that's what it was. Now I can, yeah, now it's time to get serious. And you know, I, I, um, well, you know, I was married. I, I just got married. We were, you know, starting to have kids, stuff like that. So, you know what I mean? There was other mm-hmm. stuff going on, too, but that was like a big turning point for me. You know, I got to I got to tell you, I, there used to be a sign in a place, in a club where I went, and it said, live and let live. And I would look at that all the time, and it was 10 years. I remember it was about 10 years okay. when it dawned on me what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know why I remember right. that, but, you know, so I understand that. Yeah. It's like... Ten years. Well, why? I don't know. When don't the light know. when the light comes on is when the light comes, comes on. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. So I think what we'll do is uh, we kind of wanted to get sort of from 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 where you started yeah. to uh, you know an approximation of now. Okay. And I think we'll and and then I think we'll maybe sort of pick up. I want to talk a little bit about your um, your your religious the religious piece. Okay. We talked a little bit about the Buddhism, and I think. Um, a couple of other things I want to kind of find, you know bring it up to today, but I, we'll take a break here and we'll ask Mike, what do you got? What are you going to play for us tonight? You got any ideas? Yeah. Okay. Max is going to be singing. Max is going to sing again. Yeah. All right. He did. Well, so, we we were hoping that you would because. So, what are you going to do? Uh, I will leave an Uncle Craggy. <laughs> Okay. But anybody right. seen the Disney movie Tarzan? That's really what made it famous. Okay. In my opinion, anyway. Intro. I like All right. That's right. very good. Yeah. Okay. Let it happen right, you whenever you're ready. All right, man. You ready? Yeah. All right. don't know how you met me, you don't know why You can't turn around and say goodbye All you know is when I'm with you, I make you free And swim through your veins like a fish in the sea I'm singing, follow me, everything is alright I'll be the one to tuck you in at night And if you want to leave I can guarantee you won't find nobody else like me I'm not worried about the ring you wear Cause as long as no one cares and nobody can care And you're feeling guilty I'm well aware But you don't look ashamed And baby, I'm not scared of singing Follow me, everything is alright 
I'll be the one to touch you in at night And if you want to leave, I can guarantee you won't find nobody else like me here one of the questions I had for you is you taught so you taught school did. yeah <laughs> Let, let's talk a little bit about that let's how did you how did how'd you go about that what did you teach what was the I taught special ed I taught everything from I started out in a alternative school for high school kids with behavior disorders um to like a day school for kids with severe and profound disabilities that were in a home mm-hmm. you know and then um to uh in a regular um, elementary school, kindergarten through uh, sixth grade, learning disabilities. And how how did that how did that play with your sobriety? How did that how did that all work out? Well, um, I don't. I mean, I don't know in terms of. Well, it's like did did was that part of? I mean, the giving back part was that connected to your sobriety? Did or was it that was just a job that you went to during the day and your recovery was just sort of separate from that and you went on about your life yeah you know it's very interesting i was um i i i was really selfish and so i don't know that i really i i think i wanted maybe you to think that i did this great thing like (laughs) hey i'm a special ed teacher you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. how cool is that you know but it's kind of the rock star thing yeah exactly exactly you know it's for a long time it was all about the image that i was projecting and that was a great um that was part of the image that i wanted to project you know i don't i i can't really say um that i was very mindful in my choice of what my career was going to be i knew that i could do it i i i worked with i remember thinking about what i wanted to do and i don't know teaching seemed kind of cool and then i worked at this um camp over the summer mm-hmm. and when my my mom came to visit me one day and she's crying about these kids oh my god i can't how could you work with kids like this it's so sad it's so sad and i i didn't find it that way so i thought well this is something i can do i can, mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it i can't say that it was mindful that it was like a compassionate gesture on my part it was mm-hmm. Just something to do, and it looked pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, and that's where I was, and I, I'm, I, I'm, it's, I'm not proud of it. No, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm in the counseling business. I had a guy ask me one time, one of my bosses. He said, "Now I want you to be very careful. You know, you, you, you're going to get 
you don't want to get too involved with these kids because you'll get you know pulled into it and you, everything. And I was thinking to myself, what are you talking about? <laughs> Right. No problem. Right. Okay, so, um, you know, all right. So um, then another thing you mentioned when we were talking uh, or emailing back and forth mm -hmm. was that you didn't, at some points, you didn't really feel like you fit in anywhere. Like you didn't fit into yeah. the teaching world, really. You didn't fit into the neighbor. You know, you're not, you're not really like, what are you? Yeah. You know? Can you talk a little bit about what that's like to yeah. not fit in? Yeah, you know, and um, it's funny because I kind of still feel that way, but I embrace it. And that's mm -hmm. what I've learned from that is that I can embrace that. I spent a lot of years, um, you know, I'm thinking of this women's group in particular. You know, I would go, I, I, I joined this, um, or not joined, but I started on this meeting, this women's meeting, and it was at people's homes and stuff. And I was in my early 20s, and everybody else was, like, in their 40s and stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's definitely this kind of, uh, this difference here. But, you know, at meetings, I'm always hearing about, um, you know, you can't look at the differences. You've got to look at the similarities. You've got to look at the similarities. So when I felt like I was a little left out or a little different, I would get down on myself. Well, I need to work harder. I need to work harder. And I found myself doing that with group after group and meeting after meeting um, until until what happened was, and this is maybe only in the last, like, seven years or so, I made a very determined effort to get to, to figure out exactly who I am. Mm. Because I how could I fit in anywhere if I don't even know? I don't know what I like. I don't know what kind of movies I like. I mm -hmm. I get mad because they went to see a movie and they didn't ask me. I don't. I, do I even like that kind of movie? I don't know. Would I even want to go? I don't know. But you didn't ask me. That's all right. that matters. You know what I mean? So I made a real conscious effort to get to know who I am. Can I ask you what you did to do that? Oh, it's like it's baby steps. You know what yeah. I did? You know how I started? I started writing a list. I yeah. would come across something that I like, um, and I would write it down. I, yeah. I really like watching birds. I really like having plants in my house because I like watching things grow. Mm -hmm. I really like, you know, uh, reading, yeah. playing with my kids. So I, I started making a list. And then I started um, not doing things that I don't like. Mm -hmm. like saying no, I don't, I, I don't want to go to that movie, or I don't feel like doing that. And then I started... Um, you know, trying other things. You know, I tried to water ski. You know, I tried to, you know what I'm saying? I never got on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like water skiing. Yeah, that was off the list. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, you know, I took karate. I mm -hmm. took sign language. Like, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I, and I was, and I was, um, mindful about it. I was very conscious about what I was doing and how I was feeling about that to determine whether or not I like it. I mean, it it, it, it sounds kind of funny for, you know, 30, you know, something or whatever. It's been in my 30s that I've been doing that, but um, that's that's how I did it. That's mm -hmm. how I did it. And one of the things that I, that I figured out is that, um, you know what, I don't necessarily like being part of a group of people or being part of this, you know, specific women's group and being part of this. And that's okay. And embracing that. It's not necessarily the, um, it's your fault. You don't fit in. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't really want to fit into that. Not my and preference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Can, can, is there a connection? Can you make a connection to the courageous thing that we were talking about or the, you get a little little yeah. courage to to be who you are thing going on there. Yeah. I mean, I get that from you. I hear I, that's what I hear. You know, yeah. that's what you know. It takes courage to do that. I mean, absolutely. It's not like you get a gold medal or no. you raise your hand or I mean, every nobody gives you you know uh, 
necessarily a pat on the back, but it takes it yeah. takes a little something to do that. It does, and sometimes people don't like it. Sometimes they don't. So that's what the, that's what takes the courage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway. they won't like me if I yeah. if I'm who yeah you know I am. Yeah, and I'm finally at a point where that's okay. But I had to. It was the baby steps. I had to figure out who that was. Like you said, and Jeff and embrace it. So, um, and by this time you're married, mm-hmm. and I mean I know you are now, but I mean <laughs> in the story. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and you got and we're we're at uh, kids. You've already you've already had kids. Yes. And I know you mentioned a little bit about having some difficulties with postpartum. Yes. Can can you tell talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think yeah. that'd be helpful for for people to hear. Yeah, I you know what I talk about it every chance I get because I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And um, this like, okay, so what I'm talking about about like embracing things that I like and doing mm-hmm. all that that's after kids. Okay. Having the kids kind of made, brought the pain into my life that I needed to make that change. <laughs> okay. If that makes sense. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. So yeah, I'm 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 going about my business. I'm like having a baby. Like oh, this is you know I, I'm I'm freaked out the whole time I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just uh, just cra- anxiety, just crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so then you know I I have. I've, I've had panic attacks. Like, I'm a person that's prone to anxiety and depression. So mm-hmm. I knew that postpartum was a possibility, yeah. you know. Um, and so the stuff that was happening to me was not what I expected from postpartum. It was, um, you know, it a little bit of it was. It was a lot of fears about the baby, a lot of fears about, oh, my God, don't, don't touch him. Don't, you know, I remember one time my mom holding him. And she she coughed into her hand and then like like rubbed his head and I I like got out the lace off. I'm like scrubbing him I'm I'm crying hysterically like mm. you know I mean that's you know like uh I mean that's kind of gross but you know what I'm saying? it's not yeah. like a Lysol meeting thing like it you know what I mean it's like it's okay it's okay yeah. um I wouldn't let anybody watch him I I I was afraid of um I I literally had thoughts. I thought that anybody I left him with was going to like sexually abuse him. Mm-hmm. I another thing that I learned that was part of postpartum that I didn't know. Anytime and this is kind of strange, but anytime I would walk, you know, we have we have this hallway and there's like a, a railing and it goes over the stairs kind of. So mm-hmm. it was like so anytime I was walking with him, I was afraid that I was gonna accidentally like my arms would just spasm and I would throw him over the railing. Mm-hmm. Just horrifying fear that that was going to happen. Yeah, what a uh, what a feeling, you know. Horrible. Yeah. And what's interesting is that I re- I remember taking him to the zoo when he was a baby and I thought I'm never going to be able to do this by myself because there's there's places you go through where you can't have the stroller and I was afraid that when I was walking I was going to accidentally drop him some more. So I couldn't take him out. I couldn't mm. do anything. And I read that in a book one time that that happened to somebody else who had postpartum and it made me feel so much better because I just thought I was crazy. So it wasn't, it's not just a symptom of being, you know, down, down and out and tearful and yeah, no, it, it, it's it was, like all these other fe- like fears. And, yeah, yeah, just fears. And so, you know, what happened yeah. for me, I mean, I did end up having to go to my doctor. What happened for me was right around one year for him, I like uh, blacked out. I had this panic attack in Target. I'm pushing the cart and I blacked out and I didn't pass out or anything. I just went black for a minute and I came to and I was very resistant to, to going to the doctor, to taking any kind of medication mm-hmm. um, because I should be able to do this. Sure. I should be able to do this. And and finally, I'm like, what 
what the hell is going to happen if I pass out? What if I passed out right here? My baby's in the cart. Do you know what I'm saying? And sure. so that was kind of the, um, you know, I mean, for me, it was like I went to the doctor and I'm like, something is clearly wrong with my heart. Um, you know, <laughs> it's not anxiety. It's some right. kind of physical. Right. I'm going to die at any minute because of the brain tumor. Like, it, you know what I mean? It's because that's better. I would rather have a brain tumor than postpartum. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, but that's, yeah. I don't know. It's just like it was going to be more acceptable or something. So, so for me, I did. So, you know, then with my second one, um, I knew what to expect. And with my second one, I had it too. And it was more, um, I got very angry at him for not taking the bottle. And he was like two weeks old and my arms were shaking and stuff. And, but I knew, and I immediately talked to my husband about it and went, you know, um, went to the doctor and I did have to take medication for it. And, yeah. and, and I think that, that that's okay. Cause it was the, you know, yeah. It, it, it is what it is, and that's what I needed to do. Right. You yeah. know, and, and working the steps, you know, I mean, I've heard people say, if you're working the steps hard enough, you, you shouldn't need anything like that. You shouldn't need medication. But um, for me personally, that's not true. Working the steps was not going to take away my postpartum depression. Yeah. I mean, and that's, uh, I mean, I think that's a good message because there's things, there's just some things that, you know, the program is for, and there's some exactly. things that other things are for. Outside and, issues. Yeah, outside issues. And, you know, you went to the doctor, even though you did do a little self-diagnostic work prior to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The brain tumor and the heart, and, heart attack. Yeah, yeah, we ruled those out. Yeah, good. Good. How long did it take you to get through uh, the each each bout with like it took you almost a year with the first child and then yeah. less with the second one? Less or? with the second because I did something about it sooner. Right. I didn't let it go on for a lot, for as long. You know, Do you think people just get, I mean, I don't know, this is conjecture, I guess. Do you think people just get over it eventually or is it something that requires an intervention? I don't or? know. I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, maybe. I, I think, you know, with my second one and, and going on the medication sooner, I was a little bit clearer about physically the recovery of my body too. Yeah. And it takes a long time. Yeah. It takes a long time to come back from having a baby. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, it takes a long time, you know? So, um, Ten weeks I over know. here. I mean, I'm like, like you're walking around. It's amazing to me. You know, but it's, it, it, you go through a lot and, and just, you know, emotionally and hormonally. And even just the change of having this baby, like when it's inside me, it's one thing to take care of, you know? But now I'm like, holy crap, what am I supposed to do with this, you know? And... <laughs> Wow, I don't lot, know. They Ooh. talk about like, you know, that's the other thing. Like, oh, your instincts will kick in. And I just never felt any of that. Yeah. yeah. I never felt like that really happened. I was like, this yeah. was a, clearly a mistake. Yeah. And see, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that somebody give this to me, not have yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do know what you're saying. And and, and there's another thing that, you know, it comes to me that there's another thing that, that even though it doesn't seem like it, it takes courage. Number one, it takes courage to talk about it now sure but but to to recognize it then and do something about it you sure. know that's pretty you know cuz you're alone i you know yeah. here's here's the here here just you and this baby yeah. husband goes off to work yeah. and there you are staring at yeah. this little critter that you don't really you know nothing yeah yeah nothing that's that's pretty lonely yeah yeah so yeah you know, so yeah. good for you that you did something about that. Um, sort of to, to to change a little bit. Um, uh, so I was talking to a friend of yours who said that um, 
you were a one of the a very kind person, and yeah, I know you're looking at him, <laughs> and um, and that um, you saw intuitively saw the good in people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> now, now, where did that come from? You know what's funny? I've been thinking about that. Just where did that come from? All right, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be ridiculously honest here. Sure. That is a fake it till you make it thing for me. Yeah. I faked it. I yeah. faked it. I, to be perfectly honest, initially, my initial reaction is I don't like people. I don't like being around <laughs> people. I don't like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I am, I am judgmental. Mm-hmm. I'm sizing you up. Are mm-hmm. you, um, are you prettier than me? Are you thinner than me? Are you more mm-hmm. sober than me? Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Do you have better yeah. stuff than me? That is, that is my mind, like, on its own, like, out in the wild. Do you know right. what I'm saying? So, yeah. I... Out I, in the wild. Out in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> the wild west. Of Jennifer's... Exactly. Yeah. That's it on its own. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I know what happens when I do that, and when I let that run like that, is that, um, you know, I, I feel bad about the world, and I feel bad about myself. Mm. Because if I'm judging everybody else, like... Where does that put me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If everybody else sucks. Right. Like, either I'm very lonely because I'm the only person in the world that doesn't suck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or I'm, a lot of people to hang out Yeah, with. I know. Nobody <laughs> hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> or I really suck too, you know? Right. So, um, so I started faking it. I started faking being nice to people. Right. And I started fake uh, complimenting people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, honestly, and you know, another another reason was is that I was kind of tired of being like this um this wallflower. I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to interact with people. And what I learned about people is that people like it when you say nice stuff to them, <laughs> and people like to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. So so that's how it all started. So I started like I'd I'd be I don't know at a you know early on dating my husband at a family party or something. And I don't mm-hmm. really know people that well. You know what I mean? And my what I want to do is just sit in the corner on the couch waiting mm-hmm. for, for this to be over. You know, so um, instead, I, I, I would practice. And I would kind of pretend like I was maybe acting or something. Like I would I would pretend like I was this outgoing and caring person. And, um, and I would ask people about themselves. And I would, you know... Um, you know, try to get people talking about themselves or, you know, say something nice about them. And what I learned was that it felt really good. Mm. Like, I really, I liked doing that. And I, and then I got to know some really cool people. Mm. And I got to know some neat things about people. And maybe I made them feel a little bit better, too. Yeah, it's like you, like you caught it or something. Yeah, like, you know, and maybe they felt like if I complimented them, it made them feel good and stuff, you know. And I, and I liked that. And so, like, it sounds kind of bad like you know but that's one of the things that you were talking about the slogans the fake it till you make it I kind of clung on to that for a while I can fake just about anything you know what I mean so you know I can fake being a nice person and and what I've been able to do over the years is is it's become it's become part of you it's become part of me yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I I think that that's a that's a a perfect way to explain it I don't you know that's how it worked for you. That's the process yes. that it took. Can is there now I know that we talked a little bit about the that you are uh practicing Buddhist. Mm-hmm. 
does does that tie in? Is that is that okay to say that? Is that yeah, a good yeah. way to say it? It just sounds funny because yeah, I don't think I do it very well, but <laughs> but I like it. Hey, fake like it till you make it, right? And that's what I do. Take it. You could take it. You're a pre- you just became a break. If you I weren't know. before, you are now. I absolutely because it's on the radio, <laughs> and your mom knows. You know, my mom knows. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so here we are. Here we are. Okay. So, yeah. t- can you tie those things together? I mean, you know, I mean, absolutely. The way you are towards people. Absolutely, and- that's what it's all about. You know, and that that has actually made me um, grow with that. That I think that the um, the Buddhism and learning about that has has made it a little more real mm-hmm. than the reasons why I started it. And maybe my initial motives behind it, it's made it a little more real because I think yeah. that's how we're supposed to be. And, the, and, and my take on it, my, and I don't know a lot about it, but my, you know, my feeling on it is, um, you know, just to like, that's what I want to put out into the world is a little bit of love and a little bit of compassion and not the negativity and not the, you know, so any chance I get to do that. And, um, and like I said, like, I, you know, I mean, people laugh. My my husband laughs and my, my friend laughs. Um, I'll talk to anybody. I mean, we're walking around like, <laughs> Penny just told me the other day, she's like, I can't wait to see you when you're like 90 and all the filters are off. Because I'm crazy now. Like, this, you know, talking to just random people and stuff. But, um, you know, with a little bit of compassion and a little bit of like, we're all kind of, you know, we're all kind of in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I like it. I, I just. Um, I, I like getting to know other parts of humanity. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And you know, it's gone. It's gone from something that you wanted to be to something that you became yeah. to your your spiritual practice. Yeah, right. That's a kind wow. of a, yeah. Isn't, isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's a nice. I mean, that's that's changes for. That's huge. For, it's huge changes. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's you know. So does does Buddhism fit well with with the 12 step program for you? I think it does. I think a lot of the, um, you know, the, the, the bottom lines of it are the same. I, you know, because again, just my take on it. I mean, I'm like not an expert by any means, Mm -hmm. but like my take on it since I've been kind of learning more about Buddhism is that it's all about like looking within and about, um, you know, the consequences of my own actions and what kind of person I want to be. And that's what I've learned in recovery too. You know, is I've learned the consequences of my own actions. You know, my sponsor, uh, every single time it's 10 steps. She's always like drumming <laughs> the 10 step into me. Every right. time there's a problem, you know, it's with me. I, I, I remember calling her up one time complaining about my husband and going on and on. And she said, oh, dear Lord, that poor man. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't understand. You know, I say this a little bit slowly, you know, so you can understand here. But it's all about what I'm Right. You know, um, that's the only thing that I have any control over is what I'm doing and my actions, you know. And so that's what the 10th step and the other steps have taught me. And um, and, and that's what I've learned in, you know, from studying Buddhism, too. Yeah, that that fits just just perfectly well. Yeah. 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 So I guess um, let me let me just ask you this mm-hmm. then. If you could, if you could kind of sum up, um, like somebody maybe coming in new, mm-hmm. that you know, here you've been through, you know, this mm-hmm. is quite a, this is yeah. quite a story, you know. Yeah. I mean, from where you where you were, like seventeen years old, you know, 
you know, selling, accidentally. Yeah, accidentally selling drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to where we sit now. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a, quite a, quite yeah. a story. What would you say to somebody, to a 17-year-old who's coming in the door? What would you say to him? You know, I think the thing that saves me every time, um, you know, what I always come back to is, um, you know, you just got to stay, I got to stay right here, right in the moment. If I think about the future, if I think about what is this going to get me, staying sober, what I remember coming in, well, what about when I get married? I wasn't dating anyone at the time, but what about when I get married? What am I going to do in my wedding? (laughs) You know what I mean? What am I, how am I not going to drink through this? How am I not going to drink? I remember, you know, this is, it was 1990. I think it was. So not, New Year's Eve, 1999. I can't drink. Like that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? This is the stuff. But we're worried about. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. what I'm worried about. Because so, when the millennium change, changes, you know, I mean. That's a whole new. I that's, know. That's pretty big. It's you a know. Big deal. Yeah, no. sure. <laughs> Nothing. So I I think that um, and it was very hard for me to stay in the moment. I didn't understand that at all. But I think that would be what I would try to focus on is just when I, when I'm right here, like right now, you know, um, that's the most important thing. And then I'm not going to miss anything. I've always been afraid that I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss God's plan for me. I'm going to miss, you know, whatever is supposed to happen to me. And if I'm, if I'm just screwing around all out here, all distracted by what's going on, then I am going to miss it. But if I'm, if I'm, you know, right here, I just think about a footprint all the time. Like, if I, you know, wh- where are my feet right now? That is the only thing that I need to be concerned about. You know, I've heard you use the word mindful a couple times yeah. during the course of our conversations. Yeah. yeah. Which I know is a, is, is a, I mean, it's a word that's commonly used, but it's Buddhist and it's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's what you're saying. That's it's, what I'm saying, just yeah. being mindful of every action that I take, you know. I mean, just the other day, I got I get this thing all the time, and I don't know if it's being a stay-at-home mom now or what, but it's like, um, I'm not doing enough. I'm not, you know, I don't bring any money to the household. I'm not, what am I doing? So I'm, I'm having dinner with my kids. I'm on the computer reading this woman's blog, you know, about all these great things she's doing with her life. My kids are like, mom, mom, and I'm like, you know. When I'm done, just right. let me put SpongeBob on for you. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and then feeling sorry for myself because I don't do all these great things with my life, like what she's doing. And then I get wrapped up and wrapped up and wrapped up. And finally, I just, I said, you got to stop. You know, and I remember, and it's from, it's actually from a, a, a Tolstoy story, the three questions, you know, um, what, uh, who is the most, I, I don't remember the order, I'm, I'm going to mess this up, but, um, you know, when is the most important time, what is the most important thing, and who is the most important person, and the most important time is now, and the most important um, thing is to help the person you're with, and the most important person is who you're with, hmm. and that came into my head, and so, you know, I put the computer away, and I I, um, I stopped, and I paid attention to what my kids were saying, and I, and you know, we had the best night, we had just like little, we were like dancing, and being silly, and doing all this great stuff, and they were laughing like I haven't heard them laugh in a really long time, and so, when I'm thinking about what I could be doing with my life, and all the stuff I'm not doing, and, and, you know, and on and on, and comparing myself with what other people are doing, it's a mess, I'm not present, but when I stay focused with what I'm doing, I am doing a really cool thing. I, I mean, I'm raising two boys, you know what I mean? And yeah. I can do the best job that I can, like, if I'm staying right here right now. Well, that's a really good, that's a really good thing, and uh, be present, you yes. know, and that's a great, Absolutely. you know, that's a great way to, to close it, and um, I really appreciate you 
telling your story and Thank being you. you know and being honest and and sharing all that stuff because it was really it was a privilege to to hear it. Thank so you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, Mike, you want to uh, give us uh, play us out a little bit? What do you got? A little jazz. A little thingy. A little thingy? Yeah. Okay. It's got a name or just. Uh, I wish I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jazz thingy. Okay, jazz thingy it is. We're ready. appreciate it and um so anyway thanks for uh thanks for coming again um that was a that was a great treat and i want to thank uh our listeners for tuning in and thank our studio audience who gives themselves a big hand uh uh and uh we'll email uh reminders for next uh next week's show probably uh, Thursday or Friday, like we usually do. We try to get them out as soon as we can. Um, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully you'll remember to check uh, recoveryinternetradio.com. And so, uh, yeah, I think I mentioned that how many times tonight? I'm going to go six. Um, anyway, live today, love yourself and your neighbor, 